We are rolling. Is this Slappercast, Chad? Yeah. Hey, do you know that it's 1972? This is the first podcast ever. (laughs) And I think what we should do is just let this one sit for a while and let other people catch up. Anyway, I just want to put that out there. It's only fair. Yeah. So we put a single out a couple of weeks ago. What? Called Kerfuffleful. We only put it out a couple of weeks ago? We only put it out a couple of weeks ago. We actually recorded it a bit bit longer ago than that. Okay. So late October, or was it early November 2015? Because the movie came out in 2016. What movie? Yeah, let me, let, me get, <laughs> let me get the listeners caught up. I'm getting way into myself. A couple of years ago, there was a movie called How to Be Single. Actually, Blockbuster. Like three years ago Blockbuster. now. Blockbuster. Um, Academy Award nominee. And we have an original song in it called Kerfuffleful. What? An instrumental that was co-written with our friend Jeff Duncan, who played fiddle on the track as well. Uh, if you, in case you didn't know, we, we announced it recently. It's, it's all over uh, all the digital outlets. You can hear it on Spotify and... Pandora. Yeah, and Apple Music and all those stuff. Apple Music. It's pretty much everywhere. So MySpace. Yeah. MySpace. (laughs) Yeah. And it was it it, this was just one of those cool things that happened where we just got an email out of the blue and we were freaking out. Like, this is so cool. Um email from who? Uh we got an email from a woman named Whitney Pilzer. Very good. Correct. You are from LA. Yeah, she, who works in Hollywood at a place called Full Pursuit Media. And she, she asked us if we were cool with them using some of our music in a movie that was coming out. Yeah, it was August 21st, 2015. Wow. She wrote us, wrote us asking. She's, she's working on a movie for a New Line film, New Line Productions, uh, called How to Be Single, and wondering if we're, if we're cool with them using some of our music. And she, she wanted to, to <laughs> she was going to pitch, she found our stuff. And so she was, she was, she was, she was about to pitch us to the, to the uh, filmmakers at that point. And she did, and they liked what they heard and they wanted to use Slapper's Medley, which is an instrumental off of our, our first record. What was funny after that is we went back and forth about who wrote it, you know, cause she, she assumed at first that it was original. I was like, well, no, it's actually pieced together from st- traditional songs. And uh, she said, okay. She, she went, kept going back and talking to the lawyers who were representing the film. And it turns out the lawyers were like really nervous about the public domain status of the songs, of the, of the tunes that this medley was pieced together from. Yeah, Chad was, just to be clear, Chad was taking the emails and corresponding with Whitney because uh, he was afraid I would say something nasty. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, it's usually how it's gone when, when, yeah. when there's email correspondence, it's me. And when it's a phone correspondence, it's usually Patrick. It's usually, usually how we conduct business. Correct. She said, you don't have anything, anything, anything original. And I said, well, no. <laughs> and I also pointed out, and we'll get to this in a second with that. We'd had two of our traditional songs that we have original arrangements of were, were are previously used in a CBS production, The Good Wife, which we'll get to in a second. So I said, well, they, those, those are public domain songs and they were, th- those lawyers were okay with it. She's like, okay, that's, that's helpful, I guess, but still didn't get us anywhere. So Patrick eventually said, just tell them we'll record something new. You know, we'll do an original song and record it for them. And she's, she went for it. So we, we called up our friend, Joe, Joe Elmachuk at RBI Recordings. Uh, studio in Houston, who also did our first record standards. Well, before that, I'd, I'd written this piece for the track and kind of just messed about with it and whatnot. But then, we, so we, we had called Jeff Duncan, who uh, anybody that's seen us in Houston, if you've seen us more than four times, one of those four times might be with our friend Jeff Duncan, mm-hmm. our Canadian friend Jeff. He, I say Canadian because he's uh, he's he's very well behaved. <laughs> he is uh, 
He is a, a not at all a stuck up sticky beat. He is a, so anyway, so 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 we called him up because we, we need to record and you need to record fast and Jeff's in town here in Houston. So I called him up and kind of played him these couple of different pieces that I'd put together. Actually, to tell you the truth, the main track, the main riff in the track was section completely different from the main part of that song. I had another song idea with different uh, beats and key changes and whatnot in it. And I kind of, just because I had slappers medley in my head, so, so obviously they want different feels for, you know. Um, and I figured, with, you know, since it's going to be such a blockbuster movie and it's going to be the number one movie ever made, uh, I, I figured that they're going to want different textures, different beats, different feels in this song. So I had put together this, this uh, I stole other riffs that I had worked on and, and just put them all together, hence the kerfuffle title. Just basically a bunch of tunes just thrown into a blender. Yeah. And then, you know, poured begrudgingly into somebody's mouth. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so we called up Jeff and played it for him. And Jeff said, yeah, it's okay. But this this section needs a B section. You know, he he, he put the happy part in the song. So, yeah. And as usual with working with Jeff, everything just came together very, very quickly. Yeah. Chad recorded on his iPhone, just acoustic guitar and Jeff playing fiddle. And I'll probably put a little bit of that in here just so you can hear a bit of it. And I emailed that to the people at Full Pursuit and uh, they loved it. So that's great. That's, that's perfect. Let's do that. And so we went in and recorded it. RBI uh, Studios. At RBI with Joe. Yeah. Houston, uh-huh. Texas. Uh, uh, link, seven, seven, oh, link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe was great, and he 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 got us in immediately, and uh, we did it in two nights. Uh, we went in and, and uh, did the first, the basic tracks, Patrick, Mike, and myself, and then Jeff came in the next day and did his fiddle really quickly, and then we mixed it. At, at this point, there was a woman named Season who was handling the account, and uh, she asked us to bring the drums up in the mix. So I did that. I went back, and Joe remixed it, and then that's the version that you hear in the movie. We didn't really think about putting it out as a track uh, because we're still looking ahead to actually putting a record together. And if you've been listening to the show, you know we've been in the studio recently. And Patrick mentioned to me, "Why don't we just go ahead and put that single out?" And turns out it's really easy to do that these days. So now it's out there. It's it's wonderful to have, uh, and this is the only thing nice I'm going to say about Chad. It's it's just wonderful to have Chad in that capacity. It's just great that you're that you're up to date on this stuff because, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm still listening to a gramophone, you know, that's powered by a, a mouse that's uh, yeah. about to die. So you know, <laughs> technology is wonderful, but it's also nice that somebody like Chad has the has the uh, wherewithal to go check this stuff out, to go find it and research it, and you know. He's uh well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's now it's just ridiculously easy to get stuff out there. I mean, there's really no barrier be- beyond just time and you know, you need obviously you need some equipment to record stuff, but anybody can put a song out now and have it everywhere, available to everyone who has uh, internet access uh, around the world and it's, it's it's uh pretty amazing. So, do we want to say anything more about I just want to stress how incredibly popular how to be single was as a movie. I mean, I'm just 
I'm just shocked that it wasn't nominated for any more than, you know, I think it was 70, 73 Oscars. Yeah. And, I, and uh, I'm not sure how many. I lost count after the first 70. Yeah. But they're just, uh, just, a, just such a wonderful movie. If you have a chance, please don't go see it. I mean, I'm just, uh, please. Yeah, if you want to see it, I'll have a link in, in, the, in the show notes. The song appears in a, a scene in a bar. What? On St. Patrick's Day, which is Weird. kind of funny because almost every time our music has been used in TV and film, it's been in the same setting. <laughs> that's we, uh, that's a, and we are just, you sure? We've got to look that up. <laughs> Janet, <laughs> look that up, please. And we, just, we just kind of predicted that. So rewinding uh, six years ago now, uh, in 2013, I was seven. Uh, we got an email from somebody at CBS. Let me actually get the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Robin Bueller, a clearance supervisor at, at CBS. She wrote us. This was March 11th, 2013. She said, we have a potential use of your master of Drunken Sailor in an upcoming episode of The Good Wife. Do you have a third party administrator who handles paperwork for placements of your music and television? <laughs> and within minutes of this email coming, Patrick and I are calling each other. Did you see the email? <laughs> we were flipping out. And what's funny is my, I'm, you can see my reply down below this and I'm like, really <laughs> really you know trying to temper my enthusiasm like that sounds great yeah yeah our own management team will handle it <laughs> let us know what you need from us to proceed and it went from there and it moved really fast and this is one of the things that i remember from this from this experience was it was just fascinating to me how quickly these these tv shows move because they were still editing the show at this point obviously so this was march 11th we finalized the deal just a few days later and then the episode was aired on march 24th that same month. Um, yeah, but they, they came right back with, oh, and can we also use Yes. <laughs> so, so it wasn't just the, hey, we'd like to use Strong and Sailor. Hey, go, hey, by the way, we want to use Big Strong Man as well. We just got, well let, let us think about it. You know, CBS, mm, okay, maybe. And then, uh, so yeah, two tracks off the record and just... And again, mm -hmm. working with people that are so professional and so, I mean, obviously professional, but just so diligent and everything was executed within, it seemed like moments. It just flew and, you know, you blink and there it is. You know, and then we, of course we did a thing on the local TV here in Houston. And, yeah. You know, we did a, did a segment over here. Yeah. I'll put that in the notes as well. Um, yeah. The people at, at CBS were great or, or, or channel 11 or a local CBS affiliate. They were fantastic. I, I sent a press release out to everybody in, in town and uh, actually Chronicle did write us back. And then, uh, but Channel Eleven actually put us on the TV news. Yeah, that was that was, that was a wonderful, that was a wonderful little experience. So going going back even further, it turns out How to Be Single is not the first movie we had music in. So back in 2010, there was a movie called The Kid, directed by Nick Moran uh, about a boxer. True story. Yeah, based, based on, on a true story. yeah, it was based on a, a novel or a book um, by Kevin Lewis, and uh, they used Big Strong Man. Uh, and I'm a little hazy about this one because this movie, unfortunately, has never actually been released in the States. But how, how did that come about? Do you remember? Yeah. A friend of, uh, a childhood friend of ours, Anne-Marie Shields, just uh, name dropping here. Her brother, Kevin Shields, well, he is My Bloody Valentine, the uh, new wave slash punk slash experimental. They were our next door neighbors when we lived in uh, a place called Cornell's Court, just out of Dublin. And uh, Anne-Marie Shields was uh, Kevin's sister. She managed My Bloody Valentine. And we'd kept in touch, you know, as soon as the social media thing hit, we had, you know, kind of kept in touch. And uh, this movie had dropped in her lap. She knew Nick Moran 
and uh, he had asked for some music and she had thought of us. And so she called me and we, uh, all this was done by phone. So she asked to use the, the music. I was absolutely whatever you want. And uh, Anne-Marie is, she's just a complete professional. And if you want something done in music, Anne-Marie Shields, that's the way to go. Her brother, Jimmy Shields is also just an insane drummer, amazing drummer. Um, he took lessons with Brian Downey, uh, Thin Lizzy's drummer, arguably one of the best rock drummers of yeah. all time. You mentioned and, Jimmy in one of the previous episodes, I think, right? I did? Yeah, I think. Or was that, oh no, was that Dominique Walsh? Who Dominique Walsh, yes. Okay, so you know several people who have been yes. students of Brian Downey. Um, so yeah, Jimmy, that, that, oh, that, okay. that, the whole family is incredibly talented, the Shields. So Anne-Marie and I uh, discussed uh, I want to say two or three phone calls, a couple of emails. And um, so, you know, she put us in the movie, The Kid, and unfortunately it didn't get released over here. And a uh, really, really, really sad movie uh, from what I heard. And yeah. um, I remember my mother ringing me and said, yeah, I'm not going to go see that. <laughs> she, <laughs> said, she said, yeah, I, I saw it. I saw the preview and nah, not for me. So yeah, we were extremely grateful to, uh, to Anne-Marie. You know, just, it's just, just, a, just a wonderful, and actually we're still in touch. Um, uh, she's still... Anne Marie is still working in music, and she's got her own record label now in in Ireland. And she's um, just oh, cool. yeah, she's extremely extremely uh, in touch with the music scene, and um, she 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 always will be. Do you remember what the scene was in the movie that they used that song? I do not. I never saw the movie. I could be wrong. I think it's a, it, it is yet another bar scene uh, that Big Strong Man appears in, but I don't know. A few of our fans have written to us saying, "Hey, I saw the kid. It was really cool." And, but uh, like we're just saying, neither of us have actually seen the movie. Yeah. I really like to. I, I keep looking online to see if it's been released here, but it hasn't. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note. I'll, I'll, I'll get a copy of it. Yeah, I'll yeah. I, and, and jumping back, the way Drunken Sailor and Big Strong Man in The Good Wife, that was episode 86. That's the internal number for it. It was actually season four. I could be wrong about that. But it, it's, I'll, again, I'll have the link in the show notes. But um, it was in a bar on St. Patrick's Day. What? But the way they used it, it was really cool. That Drunken Sailor comes in first and it was it's used as kind of a transitional, you know, boom, just the beginning of the song starts in the previous scene. And then it kind of segues into the next scene at the bar. And then later when they cut back to that same scene in the bar, Big Strong Man is playing. And, and uh, I forget the actress's name. She played Rizzo on, uh, on Grease. She, she's, she's in this, in this scene. And, and while Big Strong Man is playing, she, she says kind of wistfully, like, oh, I love Irish music. <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah, I had never even heard of the show. And so when I would mention it to friends or family, they say, that's a, that's a big show. That's a, I said, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. I, I really didn't know. I had no idea what it was. But, you know, speaking of, of places that our music's been, it's been really cool that our friends like Andy Shell, um, who has the, um, the podcast, the sailing podcast, 59 North. 59 North. He wrote us online and said, hey, I've got this thing. I want to use drunk and sailor. Go ahead, use it. And he's been, we've met a lot of people through that. And we've yeah. also met, you know, also other podcasts and uh, internet radio shows and mm -hmm. YouTube. You know, that was our that was our thing. And so, yeah, go ahead, use it. Yeah, you know, I think we owe a lot to uh, the podcasting community, uh, especially early on before Pandora and before Spotify and all this stuff started. Yeah. Those are the people who are spinning our songs. And even before that, we, we owe quite a bit to our, our friends here on Irish Airs, KPFT, our, our good old friends, uh, Pete Little and the late, great Jay Dooling. Uh, now we know Austin McCord's going to be hosting the show. I don't know if you know that. Did you know that? That Austin's, yeah. Austin's yeah, going to be on the show? Yeah. yeah. 
It's really he'll, cool. He'll be joining Emily and Bill. Yeah, but going way back to when Sanders first came out, the very first person who published a review of that record was John Bowles, who had a show called Patty Rock Radio. And this is before I even knew what a podcast was. And he had, I think he had a whole network of shows. And he's more recently handed that show off to our friend Phil Duckworth. Uh, John was great. I mean, he wrote a really, really just, uh, just raving review of the record. And uh, we used his quote in our promotional materials for years. <laughs> it makes Foggy Molly look like a bunch of pansies or something along those lines. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was really cool. And, and more recently, there's, there's, and I should have made a list of, of every, there's been dozens of, of podcasters who have written to us and, and asked permission expressly to use our stuff in their show. More recently, our, my, my friend Gareth Olver in Australia plays our music frequently on his, on his show, the Celtic Punk Cast. Uh, he's got a couple other podcasts as well. You should check his stuff out. And then also people like um, our friend John up in Boston doing the Shite and Onions. Yes. That was, that was early on too. And he wrote it. That's hey, right. He put us on his, on his uh, first compilation, What the Shite. He's, all, he's also from Dublin, but uh, he came out, to, didn't he come out to Copperfields? And- well, yeah, John, he, he organized that whole show. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that, that that is the very first show we played out of state. We drove all the way up to Boston and played the showcase show for, for uh, Shite and Onions. We drove, that was the very first tour, very first tour, the very first date on our very first tour. We drove all the way up to Boston. It was like a 30-hour drive. Too, yeah. Too, yep. I often forget about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, John at Shite and Onions uh, booked, booked us our very first uh, out-of-state show. Uh, and Larry Kerwin as well with, um, yeah, you know, I mean, Larry of, of all the, of all the people, I mean, he was uh, excuse me, Larry from uh, black 47, um, uh, black 47 were incredible. Uh, just a side note when they played here in Houston, um, some friends of ours that ran garden on the Heights booked them down here and they still will tell you about every single pub owner, every single expat, every single, just uh, anybody from the UK, anybody from Ireland, they were all at that show because Black 47 was the number one. Um, and again, I wouldn't say it's Celtic rock. I would say it's the, and again, this is just my, this is my handicap. I have to live with this, but I don't like to, I don't like to use the word rock in, if, if you have rock in your name, it better be guitar heavy. It, <laughs> so uh, Black 47 did incredible stuff. They did incredible and, and they, they really, they stepped outside the, the, the punk and they stepped outside the new wave and they stepped outside the rock and they put, they put, you know, they put Ellen pipes and they put uh, these great beats and these great lyrics and these great rebel lyrics. And they put them in these songs that were just a little bit danceable, a little bit shoutable, a little bit, you know, yeah. you know, so it was kind of, it, it kind of wasn't rock to me, but it was very, very, very kind of like the clash. It was very yeah. just, you know, they had something to say and there was, you know, yeah. so, um, so Larry was the, he was the main man in, um, in, in Black 47, and he had his he has his own serious uh, radio, serious XM radio show. And one of his quotes was, uh, you know, somebody asked him and said, "Well, why don't you do stuff like you know, um, Drunken Sailor, or any of that crap?" <laughs> and he says, uh, "You know, we leave that stuff to bands like Blackguards that can, yeah. you know, put a, put their own spin." And that, you know, we put that we took that as a feather in the hat because Absolutely. he was uh, to, to somebody like him that had a heard of us and B mentioned us in, mm-hmm. you know, in Irish rock. That was just a yeah. huge, you know, absolutely wonderful thing to hear. Yes. Celtic crush is the name of his show. He was particularly fond of Irish Rover, our, our version of that on standards. That was his favorite. But yeah, Larry, Larry was great. And he, he, he put us on his compilation as well. Yeah. He put Irish Rover on there. That's right. I yeah. About that. I'll, I'll, I'll link to that as well. And then we also met Chris Byrne, who was uh, one of the original members of that band. Uh, Black who, 47. Yeah, Black 47, who played Ellen Pipes, right? Yeah. 
we played at his at his bar, his pub called Rocky Sullivan's back when it was still in Manhattan. So that was a great, we had so much fun there that night. Yeah, we saw Chris Byrne uh, perform uh, when we that's did right. Irish Day. Yeah, what was it? On name? Long Island. Shanaki. Shanaki, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, that's right. They were playing down the street. We played for um, on Long Island for Irish Day. We played a few times at the Inn, um, amazing venue, <laughs> amazing venue in uh, Long Island. And we just, uh, we went over to um, our, our friend Pete that owns mm-hmm. uh, the Inn. He also has another bar down the road, yeah. right by that bagel shop. Good God, if you ever... Beach bagel. Beach bagel. If you ever need bagels, good. Get, make yeah. the trip. I don't care if you're in Houston. I don't yeah. care if you're in California. Drive to Beach Bagel. Yeah. Uh, Long Island. I mean, Long Beach, Long Island. Yeah. yeah. On one of our breaks, we went down to see Shanaki with uh, Chris Byrne playing at, at the other bar. The Saloon. That's what it is. Yes. There you the go. Saloon. There you that's, go. A, that's the sister bar of the inn. And uh, we went down there and just they're just tearing it up. It's, if you're not familiar, Illin Pipes are the Irish. Uh, pipes um, not like bagpipes because you can have them indoors you don't need a field and a restraining order illin <laughs> um, pipes are they just they're just a like like a leather pouch under your arm and that pumps the air and then you play the you play the chanter as it was you know as, uh, like a tin whistle so and extremely difficult to play Extre- I mean um, but they're, they're really really beautiful you'll hear them a lot in bands like the Chieftains Furies and the Fury Brothers and Davy Arthur that was some of my favorite use of Illin Pipes but uh, Chris Byrne of Shanaki and originally of uh, Black 47 to hear him play the pipes the Illin Pipes to hear him play those pipes, it was just, as the hair on my arms is standing up now thinking about, it. he was just amazing. And I, I, um, Rachel was the singer. Her voice and those pipes together, it was just absolutely breathtaking. And remember now, this is Irish Day, which is just, uh, think of Mardi Gras and then think of Mardi Gras on speed. It was just, it just, everybody descends on the island for the, for the, for, for, for Irish Day. And it's just beer tents and crafts arts and crafts tents and just shoulder to shoulder all the way down the street both sides of the road and uh, it's just incredible to watch every stereotype you've ever heard of every stereotype you've ever every accent you've ever heard every skin color every single just size of person is on that aisle and it's just magical to walk down there and then hear all the music and all the different all the different foods and all the different restaurants everybody with these anyway Irish Day incredible time yeah and another connection too I forgot to mention when we played at Rocky Sullivan's Chris Burns Bar in Manhattan uh, this is a long 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 time ago we were on a tour of the East Coast and Brian our drummer had to fly home (laughs) in the middle of the tour it was crazy he was getting wisdom teeth put in (laughs) I believe so yeah I had to fly home for a couple days and then he he flew back and and joined up with us again but during that lull we went and played this show at Rocky Sullivan's and we got our friend uh, Sean Sean McKeown to to play drums and he was the drummer at the time of uh, Vince Fury Vince Fury also a good friend um, John O'Doom he was there that night hanging out it was it was crazy but it was fun Uh, we just were just no rehearsal. There was no time for rehearsal. We just, one of those things, we just went in there just right off the cuff. And the guys in, in his, uh, and uh, his pipe and drums band, they were there that night and they played some stuff and they, they were, just, they were just so great. Now just, just uh, also cut this out or not uh, that, that night, not only did Sean sit in with us on drums, but he also got the, he also got the pipe and drum band to come in with all the kit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, dressed to the hill. Now, now this bar is tiny. When they say you can't swing a cat, usually what you can do is if you want to swing a cat and there's not a lot of room, you put it in your pocket and just turn it around. That's just, that's a tip from me. You're welcome. But Rocky Sullivan's, uh, that the original location was 
absolutely tiny. It's essentially a, a, a hallway. And I don't know where they got the tables and chairs, but they managed to squeeze some uh, tables and chairs on the sides. Well, these guys come in, the smallest one must have been about, without exaggeration, about eight foot, three inches. <laughs> but they were just monsters, right? Yeah. So, and I forget how many there were, but these giants came in. Now remember, they're pipe and drums, so they also have those big furry hats, right? And the pipes, and the drums, and the boots, and the, mm. right? So they come marching into the, they all can't fit. So they all come marching into the pub. And my mother was over, by the way. My mother was over there. That's she right, brought yeah. two of her friends over there. So they're sitting in there and all of a sudden the room goes dark and these chaps come in and they've got kilts and they've got pipes and they've got hats and they got, and they, and they didn't tone it down. They didn't tone it down. They just came in blaring and you could see, the only thing you could see in there was the whites in people's eyes. <laughs> it was a tiny place and it was packed and then they came in. Yeah. So they couldn't all fit. So by the time the first guy came in, you know, with the snare and then the last guy come in with the, with the, with the bass drum, he couldn't fit. So there's about three or four of them outside in the street that couldn't get into the bar. So they had to uh, U-turn and go back out so the rest of them could come in <laughs> and they were absolutely spectacular. So that was a, that was a, that was just one of those nights that we're, we're just, I think my hearing is still damaged from that <laughs> night, but it was absolutely, we wouldn't have traded a second of it. It was, you know, I think it was just one of those incredible moments that, uh, that those, that, you know, you'll just never forget. And my mother will never forget too. She goes, you know, she sees these big firemen coming in with all the, she started faking injuries and everything. It was embarrassing. <laughs> Mom, you were embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we saw those guys play uh, a few more times. Actually, we did, we played a whole show not the end. Yeah, we did their benefit. Yeah, that's we right. Did, we did their fundraiser. I'm trying to remember the name of that pub. Yeah, we played with them there, and we've also seen them play on Irish Day uh, several times with Sean playing the snare, uh, and they're great. Nassau County firefighters, pipes and drums. Right. It's. I, I would tell anybody if you have music, you have original music, you have covers you just put them out there because it's just it's needed and uh, especially uh, especially in times like, like like we're living in we need a lot more a lot more music a lot less talking yeah <laughs> we're not we're not filling that order here no nope. since we're in the studio you know we're uh we are we're, we're, we're getting to that so yeah we and we are really excited to be planning to we're going to be putting out a lot more stuff just on a regular basis too because as I was saying earlier, it's just, it's so easy to put stuff out now. There's, there's really no barrier anymore. It's like, if you've got an idea, just, just do it. Yep. So yeah, we're going to be back in the studio pretty soon and hopefully we'll, we'll get, you'll get to hear some of this stuff soon. Yeah. I think what, I think what we're going to do in the next, uh, in the next, it, maybe not the next podcast, but the one after it, we might, uh, you know, put some, yeah. some raw ideas down and you can hear some acoustic versions of some stuff and, yeah. uh, we'll just throw some, some stuff out there. Cause it's, uh, it's invigorating being in, in the studio. So you're able to, uh, you know, I mean, working with somebody like Paul Beebe, it's a tremendous way to push your ideas forward and actually have somebody out there that kind of just kicks you a little bit and just says, you know, no, a little bit further, a little bit more. Yeah. And somebody that's as easy going as that. And, uh, you know, in, in, in an environment like that, it's just really easy to go. So all these ideas that have been gathering dust and sitting in darkness now are coming out and, they're they're being executed and they're being bludgeoned and they're being <laughs> cradled and they're being you know every 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 extreme you can imagine yeah. that's what we're doing to them so yeah we got a lot of stuff coming up and uh, I, I I have to say again I really I really appreciate Chad taking the initiative on these podcasts and uh, blasting this stuff out because it's uh, you know we've only <laughs> talked about it for about three or four years and yeah you know since it's uh, since it is 1973 we are the first <laughs> just uh, well, thank you sir. And thank you for listening. I really appreciate you guys have been awesome just 
giving us feedback and telling us how much you enjoy the show and sharing it with your friends and so forth. Please keep doing that. Yes, thank you. Uh, and one more favor I want to ask of you. I, I can see from the stats, <laughs> you knew this was coming, right? I can see from the stats that most of you, the vast majority of you are listening to the show on Apple's podcast app. There's, they have a, a thing there where you can rate and review the show. If you can do that, it seems trivial, but it actually does help because that improves our rankings in the iTunes uh, podcast uh, index. So other people can find our show uh, more easily if you do that. So if you just scroll down past the shows list on the podcast app, just tap the five-star rating because the five stars are cool. And uh, we will thank you. I thank you right now. I won't. <laughs> That's enough ranking for one day. Yes. <laughs> um, with that, I think we'll leave you and we'll be back before you know it. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.